Hello everyone, and welcome to the FMV Sequence Podcast, a podcast that explores video game movies and why they suck. I'm your host and Johnny Cage's luggage carrier, Jordan Pritchard, and with me always... Ashley Jones! I'm Sonia's personal simp, um, forever and always. We're also with our producer, Ben Anderson. Hello everyone. And behind the scenes, our audio engineer, Tyler Lersh. That is me. That is you. And joining us today, the podcast's first ever guest, Kyle Redman, a gamer of up to about 20 years. Pretty old. Welcome to the show, Kyle. How are you? Doing all right. Glad to be here. Wow. Thank you for joining us. Just kidding. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Um, so we're going to be talking about Mortal Kombat today, and I know we're all really excited. So could you tell me one fun fact that you know about Mortal Kombat? Oh, um, I know that it was supposed to be a typical, like, military-esque fighter brawl game originally, and then the creators, I think, kind of just took it in a different direction, and it became this sort of crazy, mythical, out-of-world experience with creatures and, you know, unique fighters. It became its own game. It, it actually has a very crazy history, because not only that, it was like that was the original intention, and then what they did was um, Bloodsport came out, and so they were like, "Oh, well, why don't we tailor this around the movie Bloodsport, and we'll have Jean Claude Van Damme be the star of our game?" And he said no, and they couldn't get the the information like the and it was basically a love letter to all sorts of action movies from the 80s and uh, that's why Johnny Cage Johnny Cage is is a, supposed to be a kind of a spoof of Jean-Claude Van Damme um, and then it's, it's just ironic because later on Jean-Claude Van Damme goes to be in the Street Fighter movie as Guile <laughs> and then and then star uh, like and then the game the the movie of Street Fighter has its own game that Street Fighter the movie the game where he does this, they do this exact animation style of, you know, videotaping people doing the moves, and he's in the game. So it's it's a it's a weird circle. But. It's a weird sort of like Inception esque. Like he ends up doing what they wanted him to do, but for a different franchise in the movie version of the game for the game in the movie. Yeah, it's really a lot that we're talking about that. <laughs> In the movie, it, in the game, of the movie game, movie. It's a nightmare, it's, but it, so is the Mortal Kombat lore. Yeah, it, it, it ends up being worse than if he would have just done this. But I guess if he would have gone along with it, we wouldn't have the masterpiece that is Mortal Kombat. So. Absolutely. Um, so, while we're here, um, Ben... I want you to give us the rundown on today's topic, please. Alrighty, Ashley. Mortal Kombat, published by Midway Studios, is a fighting game that was released to arcades all across America in 1992 and was later ported to the SNES and Sega Genesis in 1993. The game quickly became a hit in no small part due to its highly graphic content, like its trademark fatalities or finishing moves. The game spawned a massive franchise with multiple game sequels up to its latest iteration, Mortal Kombat 11, released to virtually every gaming console in 2019. Its first cinema counterpart, appropriately titled Mortal Kombat, was directed by Paul W.S. Anderson and was loosely and loosely told the story of the first two games in the series. 
The movie was released on August 18th, 1995, where it quickly became number one at the box office, earning $23.2 million in its first weekend. As of now, the movie sits as the seventh highest grossing video game movie adaption ever released in the U.S. That's all the info you need to know for now. So Tyler, if you could be so kind as to roll the intro, please. Get over here! No, uh, yeah, um, well, actually, I, I want to know, because I have a lot to say about this movie. This oh movie, boy, here we go. This, this movie is probably one of the only ones on the list that I will say is a good movie. Like, it legitimately works as a movie. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of things they do in this movie that make it you understand it. You, um, it doesn't like it doesn't try to force too much into what's going on. The set pieces are good. The special effects are terrible, and I think that's one. But that's that's just because of the time and the budget. Like, it wasn't it wasn't a huge, fully funded movie. You know, like so, the budget had to go somewhere. Right. I don't know. I think I think this movie is really, really good for what it can, like for what it is, and what it came from. So, what about you? Yeah, you definitely. When I went into it, I mean, well, going into it, I knew that it was considered like the the best adaptation of a video game, and up to probably now, I don't know if everyone has an opinion, but I did hear that it was like pretty good considering it's not an Avatar failure. Um, rip. Anyways, the last, the last Avatar. Airbender. Yeah. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yes. yes. Anybody here cool I'm, besides me? No. Okay. Cool. I'm fully aware of that film and uh, regret every minute watching it. Yeah, it was awful. Um, so there was a couple of things I was disappointed about. Um, and I think a lot of people feel the same way, like John and Cage not being cute. <laughs> uh. <laughs> And also, reptile looking the way reptile does. Don't know why that happened. Um, but I actually really liked it. There's a couple scenes in the movie that I wanted to talk about, too. I just thought that they did a really good job. Because I feel like a lot of times you're making a movie based on a video game. You, I feel like they haven't, in the past, for other movies, hired a good team to actually do the production. I feel like productions last are just trying to make a script and make like a world. And sometimes it just looks awful. I thought they did a really good job this time. There's a couple of scenes where they're shot they had moving cameras they had a lot of colors they had really good lighting and i want to talk about that too not just like the script itself and like how they line up the movie versus the game because i know they have some differences but um because i actually did i didn't buy the game i wasn't going to do that to myself but i did, did watch gameplay um but when we do get into some of that i have some interesting takes on uh, not only bisexual lighting but moving cameras and its use in 1990s so uh, i want to know all about that i don't know what you're talking about so that sounds really <laughs> interesting yeah kyle when you watched the movie whenever you did was there anything that you thought particularly was good um i think i mean i understand that it's a good movie it's a bad movie and it's a good movie you know it's just a victim of the 90s um, victim? Yeah, you know, I mean, they have the cheesy one-liners, you know, they have the the funny animations, you know, you have Goro looking 
the way that he does, and it's not their fault. You know, that's just how like how far we got. At the that time. is a disgrace, sir. And I'm gonna have to say, with this being broadcast, that might be liable because this Goro is a it's an animatronic. Like, think about like how bad all that CGI is, and then seeing that animatronic on. A, I figured out on this watch that it's basically a suit that somebody's wearing. So that's got to be like over a hundred pounds of animatronic on top of somebody's body. No, I get it. Like, I'm not. I'm not dissing anybody. I'm not trying to disrespect anybody. I'm just saying, if you you know, we're spoiled now. So you go back and you watch it. It's enjoyable, but it's we have to not you know. You're not really immersed. See, I'm 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 an old man here, so. I I really enjoy practical effects, and we say we're we're spoiled now. I I don't see any difference, and I truly don't. I don't see any difference between the CGI in this movie and the CGI in the Marvel movies. Like it all no. looks like computer garbage to me. Okay, oh, so when no. I when I reference the scene in the movie where Scorpion shoots his spear out of his hand and the hand flaps open up, yes, that looks the exact same as all of Thanos. Yes, it does. It's because okay. it's it's just it's garbly gook. It, and I'm not saying that that CGI is good either. What I'm saying is that if there if there would have been a way that they could have done it practically, it would have looked better. Even worse, practical is better than the best CG to me, because at least there's something tangible there. And so that's why, like, I really appreciated that Goro. Um, the CGI, like, it's the early 90s, you know, thanks to Jurassic Park, everybody was like, we have to have this really good-looking CGI now. I know the Jurassic Park CGI holds up. Like, it's probably some of the best that I've ever seen. And, like, I mean, it's still pretty choppy, but, like, some of the scales and those... Dyna- and it's probably because the the combination of animatronics as well. But it... This this movie, unlike the sequel, doesn't suffer from having just like the worst special effect. Like, cause this the sets make this movie like you can you can definitely tell that there's so many like practical artists that have put a time and effort in this. It wasn't just like I don't know. It, this movie is a, spe- a spectacular piece of art to me. I'm sure if I had rewatched it very recently, I would have a different opinion. Um, I remember, you know, the set pieces and the different uh, settings and things being very well thought out and very designed. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not trying to talk trash on any of that. <laughs> um. <laughs> no, I'm just because you're. I mean, you're totally right. Like the 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 right. reptile CGI, the scorpion yeah. CGI, like it's all bad. But when I, I just mean like in general CGI. To me, it's just people on a green screen, and it's I can tell. But sure. when it comes to practical, like, um, Ashley, you know, Ashley says that you're a little bit older, so you might know this. But like, if you've seen the original, The Thing, like, that is some of the best practical effects that I've yeah. ever seen in my life. And it's like you can't make that movie now because it would be CGI, and it would look like garbage. Well, they tried because they did the prequel, and it. They put CGI on top of animatronics, and it looks bad. Yeah, and it wasn't... Uh, the Fly was practical effects, too, wasn't it? Yes, With, uh, yeah. Jeff yeah. Yeah, there was yeah, all so like animatronics 
Oh my, yeah. Thank I, you. I agree with you in the vein of like, uh, practical is better than CGI for sure. Yeah. Uh, I wish they would well, have relied on that a little bit heavier than going with so many CGI choices. But yeah, yeah. but like you said, I think Jurassic Park really kind of played a role <laughs> in demand for like, you know, because Spielberg came out, and he did it right, and yeah. he was just killing it. And everybody else was like, all right, well, this is just the new standard. We have to do this now. And I doubt, I don't know what the numbers are, but I feel like Mortal Kombat didn't exactly have the same budget or crew. Definitely not. So they were Okay. Just... To be devil's advocate, I'm going to be honest. Um, I didn't mind the CGI, except for I wish, you know when they would show Raiden, like, evaporate away into the sky or leave yeah. the ship? I kind of wish they would have played it more in, like, the all-being. Like, just when they turn around, he's just standing there. Or he just pops up in places rather than, like, fade him CGI away into particles of dust like Thanos did. Um, that's what I wanted, and they didn't do they that. Mostly, they mostly most of the time. They only did him... He, he only went electric wizard, like, two times at, on the boat. But every other yeah. time, he was just... That was too much constantly. for me. That was a lot. That was too many times. I wanted to talk about the boat, actually, because the boat's where a couple of things happened that I really liked, because I, I like the boat, period, in general. Any time they were, uh, like, the shots in that scene, like, what looked really well, like, done. Um, and that kind of kept me together, because I don't like the way Johnny Cage looks. I don't know why that bothered me so bad, but he is tiny little man. Not... He's a little small. He's a little Luke Kane. Uh, dad in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. He does not look like a person that should be fighting in any great championship, should not be in a tournament. He should just be mowing somebody's lawn. It's unfortunate. For the record, for the record, also, Johnny Cage as a character probably shouldn't have been in the Mortal Kombat tournament originally. Why do like you say that? Like a, he's just like an actor in Hollywood, right? And there's this giant uh, realm-defined tournament to determine the invasion and merging of different realms of reality. And he's like, uh, I do my own stunts, and people don't believe me, so I'm gonna join this tournament and show you all. Uh, he's he has hidden power. He um he okay the Mediterranean he's... war god. Yeah, yeah, I know I where you go. Okay, I was about to say he's a descendant of like power, so I mean he's he's got reason, but it's it's also it's it's also supposed to be kind of a smack in the like like I said before a smack in the face to Jean Claude Van Damme. So it's like the reason that he's a, a haughty asshole actor is because of. Oh, another another thing that's really interesting. I don't know if you know this or not, but Jean Claude Van Damme did another movie that's called The Quest, where he is a um like a a mime, like a a, a, a hobo mime. Oh no! He goes, he goes to a fighting tournament on an island, and it's basically just Mortal Kombat, but it's is not, that Ninja Mime? Is that the origins of Ninja Mime? Yes, and so that's why they oh. started doing Ninja Mime stuff is because of. Of the quest, which it's just oh, really man. funny how much Jean Claude Van Damme has like done Mortal Kombat esque things after Mortal Kombat. That is amazing. Um, I didn't like Sonya Blade either. Oh my god! Did you look at her? Yes, she's gorgeous. Fighting. Look, she, oh look, well. Yeah. Okay, so here's. I know this part too. It's because she didn't get to train like the actress that wanted to do this the, to do the role. Like she didn't get the part originally. Um, they did uh, the first person cast, like actually cast, was um, 
oh god, what's her name? Um, from Charlie's Angels. Um, that makes sense. Blonde. Is it no, it's yeah. the blonde one is Cameron. No. Uh, uh, uh like Lucy Liu. The voice of Fiona from Shrek. Okay, Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz. Yeah. Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz was originally cast as Sonya Blade, but she broke her wrist during training, and um, so then, uh, this actress got the part, and she had to fly to set the next day, and so she actually was learning her combat in between scenes, because they were already filming when she got brought onto the project. So. They didn't have a stunt double that was like training that they could yeah, have she, moved she on refused, in. She refused to do a stunt double because she wanted to have her face in all the shots and everything. They should have, they should, that's what I'm saying. Like, they should have just not had an A list or whatever after and gotten just like a stunt double to like premiere because she looked like a limp noodle. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, not the, it's not the strongest set, but I mean, I think she did a great job like as the person, like, and the other part about this movie too is I think it is perfectly cast. Like every character, like every actor, has such a good performance as the characters. I mean, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the beginning of the movie. Like Luke, the the actor that plays Luke Kang, his his perception of what who Luke Kang is, who's just kind of like a, a snarky asshole. Like I really liked that because, like, yeah, with with Luke Kang being like the chosen one and everything like you think that he's going to be some kind of holier than thou dude. But instead he's just like taking Johnny Cage's money, throwing his luggage over the, the pier, like making, you know, taking cracks at people. Like it's, it's great. Like I really enjoyed him. Um, at first I was like, uh, Christopher Lambert as Raiden is a really weird choice. But on this viewing, I was like, well, Raiden is supposed to be like a God. And doesn't like he like likes humans, but he doesn't really like he's not human, so he he would have some odd mannerisms. And I don't think this is a choice by Christopher Lambert, but I think by choosing Christopher Lambert to act this character, he does have that whole like otherworldly like doesn't react to things properly. Yeah, and it's just because he's French and not American, so it's just like. <laughs> It's like react to this, and then he just like goes off in some weird thing. It's like, yeah, that's how a god would react to like a, a human being. Like, oh, I'm so upset right now. It's like, oh yeah, me too. I'm a god. <laughs> Jordan just candidly said that the French are godlike. I think. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> have you ever had a croak this year? Oh boy. Okay, we're moving past that quickly. I liked Raiden, also, which was weird because when I first saw him, I was like, this looks like some Lord of the Rings bullshit, and then. It turned out being pretty, pretty good. I liked it. Uh, there's a part specifically with him in it where a camera is following him as he's walking, and I thought that was a really interesting, like, shot. Uh, it looked really well done, and I also really like Lucane. That's actually the moment where Lucane meets right into the camera I'm talking about. But I liked him. I mean, he's the most attractive person in the movie. He is built. He's got the muscles. He's got the face. The hair does it for me. Absolutely, very attractive. I like him. I like him a lot. I thought that. He kind of carried the movie. Uh, Luke Kang or Raiden did? Not Raiden. <laughs> Luke Kang. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes yeah. more sense. I'm with you now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Raiden really did. Raiden is for you? <laughs> yeah, Raiden's my type, actually. Um, 
What about Kano? You don't think Kano is attractive? No. Why do you... Tell me why you think that. Man, I mean... Well, okay, so... Talk about... Things about this movie that actually change things throughout the the whole story, like, or throughout the whole game franchise. Kano's character originally was Japanese-American, but the creators of the game liked the way Kano was portrayed in this movie so much that they completely changed the character and he has been Australian ever since. And I'll like that, ev- I think. everything about Kano as we know him in 2021 is based off of this movie and not the game. And that's that I think that's pretty cool because that's I think there's a couple of things. I think that when you're talking about the why reptile looks the way he does too, I think that's also mm-hmm. because of this movie. Because originally, Reptile was a secret encounter that was just a combination of Scorpion and Sub-Zero in the game. He had both their moves. You put the two colors together, it's green. What's green? Reptiles. So they yep. just you know, they just do that. Um, and then if- as the story goes, like as the games progress, Reptile has become, went from being a ninja to being a reptile ninja and spawned an entire race, so... What I really like about the game franchise is that, like the creators like Ed Boon and John Tobias for as much as he did, they kind of just like they were winging it as they went on. And so they were just like like the movie thing. I feel like, oh, that looked cool. Let's just do that from now on. And they're like, <laughs> oh, let's, we're just going to start, get this ball rolling. We're just going to act like, you know, we're going to make the game this now. And we're going to go this way with it. And yeah. you can kind of tell because like, it just goes through. It just It's fun. Like, uh, I know, so Rain is a character in the game. He's kind of like an Adenian prince, which is a whole thing I'm not going to get into. But <laughs> um, his color is purple, and it's just because Ed Boon is a really big uh, prince fan. And so they just named him Rain after, like, Purple Rain. And that's, like, the actual reason that he's in the game like that. That's well, cool. and then there's also Noob Cybot, which is Tobias and Boon backwards. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, there's uh, Ermac was originally like people thought it was one of those whole situations where people thought that there was a secret character named Ermac, but it's actually just Air Macro. And yeah. because people believed so much that that character was in a game, the next game they put an Air Mac, so he's now in the game. That's and one thing I like with uh, Noob Sidebot is that they made him because they were like, "Oh, this guy looks cool. We'll make this kind of fun character." And then they were like. A uh, game or two, I think, down the line. I don't know the exact timeline on it, but like, it wasn't until like a game or two after they introduced him that they like gave him a backstory that like tied him into the universe more. Because they're like, "Oh, we're gonna make him this guy actually, and it's gonna have this whole story." But like, when they made him, they're just like, "He just looks cool, and he's our last names backwards." Well, and I mean, that's that's what all of the characters in the first game are like. They're just homages to '80s action, like. Raiden mm-hmm. is uh, based off of Big Trouble in Little China, where there's a thunder god with a big straw hat. Kano, um, the reason they, they made Kano is because they really, um, Ed Boon specifically, really liked the shot in Terminator, the original Terminator, where um, Arnold is missing half of his face and there's the robot coming out of it with a big red glowing eye. And they're like, that's really cool. And so they made Kano, who has a semblance of that, 
obviously Liu Kang is Bruce Lee. Jean-Claude Van Damme is Johnny Cage. Like there, so there's just all these little tie-ins um, to, to things that they like. And as the games progress, they, there's even more because then there's cyborgs and all sorts of other crazy, um, like uh, he's not in this game. He's going to be in the, or in this movie, but in the next movie, uh, Cabal, he's based off of Tusken Raiders from Star Wars. Um, the way his mask and everything is. So there's, they Which take I really all like his inspirations. Mask. Yes. Uh, I love Cabal. He's one of my favorite characters. Cabal is a very cool character. I don't think but, he got a lot of like, uh, he wasn't very fleshed out when they kind of introduced him. Um, but what I really like is like, cause he's like, he has a whole backstory of like being a gang member and all this stuff, you know, and then like, but when Mortal Kombat 9 hits and they do the reboot, they like give him a really cool twist. But like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that or not. Like, I don't know if I'm getting too far ahead. I'm, I'm the, I'm, I'm think I'm the only one that that's picking up what you're throwing down right now. Okay. Nobody else is really into the okay. franchise. I kind of am now. I, because of Kyle, I unfortunately delved really deep into it. Uh-huh. Yeah. I tried staying away, but it's it's yeah. easy and fun to get lost. Like it's it's legitimately a good franchise mm-hmm. to be a part of just because there's so much involved and there's so much to like about it. And it's so representative of so many cultures and, and ideas and thoughts and and especially like if you're if you're interested in esports and the esports community, like you know, it there's a lot of openings in that for all you know, there's a lot of like female empowerment, there's a lot of LGBTQ empowerment within the fighting scene. So it's like mm-hmm. it's, it's it's a really cool it's a franchise that like it's it's kind of ironic. It started off with with such a um, such a explosive reception because of parents hating it because of the gore and stuff. And now it's like that means nothing. <laughs> you know, it's like mm-hmm. yeah. There was a legal battle that actually mentioned Mortal Kombat when they were talking about early video games and why they shouldn't be they shouldn't be marketed towards anybody besides adults. That they were considering making Mortal Kombat. You know basically MA, which is crazy. Um, and not going to lie, it is very gory nowadays, but I honestly think that we see even them a lot worse just in the movies itself. Yeah. Well, it was um, Mortal Kombat, and then the other game was Night Trap. Or, yeah, Night Trap. I'm doing it too, like, though. Um, yes, but the, the, the big two that were in the lawsuit specifically were Mortal Kombat because of knock, like because it was photorealistic. If the, the reason that these two games were picked out for the lawsuit is because it was photorealistic. Um, so it was like these are these are real people showing their their body parts getting pulled off and stuff. Um, right, exploding. Right. And then Night Trap was like you are it was voyeuristic because you are like a camera operator and you are watching these teens have a party and protecting them from these like vampire like subterranean vampires and so like you'd have to like and it was it was like actual movie clips it's a really weird game it's basically i think it's basically an fmv game um where like you'd have to like set off traps and stuff to stop the vampires from getting to the teens while they're partying and so it was just like this really weird, where they're like lawsuit, where they're like it, it started the ESRB, 
And I also, we were talking a lot about um, representation for females and definitely like LGBTQ plus, you know, um, Sonic Fox mm-hmm. is a good example of that. I think Kyle, yeah. you haven't mentioned it yet, but you would sit and watch matchups on YouTube at night. Yeah. I watch a lot of like uh, MK11 tournament footage, like live streams. Uh, usually yeah. uh, like the so Sonic Fox, uh, they're amazing at these games. They're killing it. They kick ass. Yeah. Um, I mean, a Foxy Grandpa. Last weekend where they won We Play in Kiev. I did. I did not. Oh man, I was I was glued to Twitch for four days straight. <laughs> watching it. it was an amazing tournament. I'm a I'm a big Foxy Grandpa fan. Yeah, Foxy Grandpa. What is the other one? Ninja Killer. Is it? Yeah. Ninja, Ninja Killer two one two. Yeah, he wasn't there for that one, but um, like Dragon was there. Dragon. There's there's a lot of good combatants at the the we play. They they did one. Um, actually, whenever we were in that esports class, they they had a competition around that same time, and it was like I want to email the professor because you know he he had a whole thing about like um production for esports and yeah. The the we play people, oh my god, you gotta look at these sets and stuff. Like they they have spent some money on uh it was Dragon Temple and then this one's like Ultimate Fight League or something. Um you yeah, should, you I should mean, Google those because those are some pretty impressive productions. There's so much money in esports right now. And it, it really did start with fighting games like this, because that's kind of where people got together and wanted to play with each other, besides Nintendo, uh, which Smash Bros is Let's talk about the grassroots. Anyways. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 Then they've done that too. Um, but actually, I want to talk about because Sonic's Fox. Sorry, Sonic's? Sonic Fox. They actually won over $300,000 playing Mortal Kombat. They're considered yeah. the best Mortal Kombat player in the world. And I would like $300,000 to fight people on the internet. So Kyle needs to train me. <laughs> I mean, hey, they do weekly tournament. Or I don't know if they're still doing it, but PlayStation was doing weekly tournaments. You qualify on Mondays, and then they would do like the top um, sixteen or whatever on Tuesdays. So, and you could win a hundred dollars every week that way. I think I logged on the other day and I saw something for it. So I think they should still be doing it. It's crazy that this game. Like the not just Mortal Kombat, the newest one. It's crazy that this like forever, like the past. It has to be the last two generations, right? Has has been involved with it. Ninety-two. Yeah. So yeah. it's carried on from millennials to Gen Z. Yeah. Grandpa, I know you know about <laughs> it, but people oh, yeah. my age also do. I think it's it's because it has that history. I mean. When it comes to fighting games in general, they have such a legacy. Like, you know, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, even Killer Instinct. Like, most of them have been around for as long as you can have a game. And they're still being created. But I, there are there are dips because... But I guess the the other part of it, too, is Mortal Kombat's having kind of a resurgence right now. And I think that's a big part of why it's so popular is because, like, it really dropped off when it went through the 3D era. Uh, yeah, like the early 2000s. 
Yeah, it wasn't no until MK9 where it came back into being popular again, and it's it was you know it wasn't just a reboot for the storyline; it was a reboot for um, the game in general, and so it's just grown since then. Yeah, and it really hits the ground running with nine. It it goes off. Yeah, I think. I, yeah, I loved MK9. It was. It got it did it brought me back and I've I've been a fan for a long time but I wasn't like deep into it. Yeah. It it was it was harder to be deep into the lore of um Mortal Kombat and the first the first like three games. You know, the the, the original two D yeah. era just because there wasn't story like there was story but it was t- all text based. Um there wasn't like real attention grabbers when it came to playing. So like it was only people that were competitive that were like deep into it or speedrunners. It yeah. wasn't really for us it was from what, normal from folks. What I've understand just... from what I understand from what I've read it's basically on attract mode or whatever, like the cabinets at arcades is where the all the lore would like be displayed. Yep. And so like if you wanted to know anything about the game you had to like be there and just kinda like read it as it went off without playing it, you know? Yeah, or or actually beat the towers to get the, the endings and stuff. So the towers, I think, are really cool because they give you a lot of the what-if scenarios, which is a cool concept, I think, that, that you know kept doing throughout. But what's fun, it was, I think, at the time was... So the first game came out, and you have the tower mode, right? So you play through, and you get your cool character, and whoever you're playing as, like, what happened if they won the tournament or whatever? But you don't really know like, what was canon and what wasn't until the next game came out. And you're like, oh, okay, so that was just, like, what if? This really did happen. And so the fans kind of found out as it came out. Like, oh, that was cool. And that's probably why they survived so long, honestly, is that they they told, like, a really good story. Um, what I want to talk about, too, is, you know, Katana's not in the first game, right? Right, yeah. She's in she's... the first, she's in that movie, though. Yeah, she's the only added character, and I think, I think that's important too, because she's the only character in the movie that's not from the game. Like reptiles, technically in the game, Goro's in the game, everything. But I think that this movie could have been an, an even bigger train wreck by trying to include too many characters because there's so many happening all at once. And mm-hmm. I think this movie did a really good job of introducing us to each character, their motivations. But not just not just that, but also like tying them off in in um, satisfying ways, um, and and keeping it. I mean, this movie's only an hour or a uh, uh, hundred and one minutes, so an hour and forty something minutes, and it's it doesn't it does a lot of work in such a short amount of time, which movies just will not do nowadays. That's another thing about being an right. old man is it's like I don't want to watch a two hour movie about a topic that oh. can be covered in an hour and a half. Like, 30 minutes of filler is 30 minutes of filler. Um, and this movie doesn't have a whole lot of filler. Like, it has, it does have some, a couple of, like, exposition dumps. You know, at the very beginning, there's a lot of build-up. Then, you know, there's an exposition dump when Kano's talking to Goro, and it's just, like, kind of giving you some backstory stuff. But then once the fights start, it doesn't stop. Like it just, it just goes from fight to fight to fight, and they're not the greatest fights. I'll admit that they're you know, but 
you get to see the stuff you want to see and you want to see characters fight against each other and you right. watch them check off lists of who lives and dies and yeah i didn't actually mind the fighting the only person again i didn't like was sonia but you kind of explained why that happened because i really wanted to like her that's why i'm kind of upset about because i came in i really like sony blade and i really like katana because i thought it that being represented in the games is really cool like having a lot of female characters that weren't just for like big boobies right. um kyle what what oh i thought you said something okay i was gonna roast <laughs> you but don't have to um <laughs> I, still come out. I just I heard you breathe the wrong way and I really wanted to break that down but um I liked I liked Sonya and so when I saw her I didn't like hate her I thought she was still cool like she still carried the big guns and was still like a really interesting person I just wish that she would have been more active but and all in all I didn't think the fights were bad I actually kind of like anytime Luke Kane was fighting I was definitely interested that you were yeah whatever anyways <laughs> Um, I also, you know, when talking about this movie versus the game, with Katana not being in it, I was really worried when I saw her in the movie, because I learned about the game first, and I was like, I don't want this to be crazy or drastically different, and I thought it was really cool. My favorite part was definitely when she was walking, you know, in Earthrealm with all of them coming back. It's like champions. I thought it was really cute. Yeah. I think it, I, it's a really good addition, and I think I don't know. I'm I'm fuzzy myself on the actual storylines of those games because they are just so not important to those games. You know, it, it took a while for Mortal Kombat games to actually like put I think effort. I don't want to use that word, but I'm going to use that word effort into oh. like the presentation of their stories. You know, because um, like the first Mortal Kombat game I ever owned was Mortal Kombat Mythology Sub-Zero. Oh, no. Right. Where yeah, that, that game... One. That game put all of its focus into its story and not its gameplay. And is a cult favorite, but at the same time, it is a bad game. Uh, There's only know. one, I think, that's worse, quote-unquote, like, accepted as bad, which is the second one in that same series which is mythologies uh i forgot armed forces or something special forces it's basically following yeah special forces it's just following like jacks yeah and his whole storyline what what's so. cool about that story though is that that game introduces tremor and i really like tremor but tremor's cool um tremor. but yeah it's um basically mythology sub-zero is um it takes the same graphic style and it came out around the same time as Metal Gear or Metal Gear uh <laughs> Mortal Kombat 4 which is when they went into 3D models um on the N64 and it came out around that same time but it was using the classic style like um basically gif animations and it's a side scrolling beat em up that is just not good like it really bad Fighting, really bad, like, mechanics and, like, jumping and maneuverability. It was rough. It was a hard time. But it made me love Sub-Zero, so. Yeah, that game, I will say, from what I understood and what I've seen and read and everything, 
though it is like mechanically supposedly like a terrible game um lore wise that game does a lot for the first yeah time. it it sets up the whole um because you you play basically as bihan sub-zero and it sets up the whole. It's the precursor to Mortal Kombat One. Oh, Shinnok's Amulet. What's fun about that? So, actually, I don't know. You probably do know this, but um, what happened really was so that did happen. The Grandmaster sent him on this quest to go get it, but Quan Chi is a sorcerer from the Nether Realm, which is basically just hell. Um, he is the one who like sent out the job. He's the one who told the Grandmaster, "Hey, get this amulet. I'll pay you." And then he also did the same thing to Sub-Zero's rival clan with Scorpion. So he's the one that set it all in motion. Yeah, it it was supposed to tie back in to... um, Because you, like, defeat... And the very first level is you fight Scorpion, and you can choose to fatality him, and that was supposed to be you killing Scorpion before he becomes a Revenant. And then he comes back to get revenge in Mortal Kombat 1. Because in the first game, he just is a revenant. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, kind of wild. But again, they've, they've, they've retconned all that stuff so many times that, I mean. Well, it's because they can time travel. They can go back and they can change stuff. And then and somebody else time travels and changes stuff. And then it keeps going, going, going. So they do time travel a few times. But it's not like people just get to go back in time and change things. But it's Raiden's it's like, fault, though, right? Yeah. So Raiden is. I'm gonna say it, and I'll. Oh. I'll take the heat for it if it's bad. Hot takes. Raiden is stupid. Oh. Because Raiden can apparently send messages back in time to himself. I don't know if it's because he had Shinnok's amulet at the moment he did it, or what, but he sends it back, and all he says is he must win. He, if he has time to say he. He can say Shao Kahn. He can say Shao. He can, he can say anything. Yeah. Say a name. You know? So because he just says he must win, that's where the ninth game takes place and it jumps back in time to the first tournament. And the first tournament's Raiden just has the message he must win in his head. So he, he just messes up everything. But it's like... Oh, that, that's, that's kind of just how... Any story is though, right? Like almost every story ever, the conflict is miscommunication. So I mean, yeah, I get it. Like it's good writing. Like you know, you can't. If he's like, oh, Shao Kahn must win, you probably wouldn't really have as much of a game. But just from you know human perspective, like oh, you could you know, say this, I don't right? Know. I'll take the heat for it again. But that you oh, think I mean, Rain's stupid. That's uh, fun. That's that's a perfectly. I I don't think many would argue otherwise. It's just. I don't think there was a strong way that they could have rebooted without doing that anyway. And I think right. And from I want to make this clear too. From a story perspective, like I understand you have to make conflict of mystery. Like, it made sense in terms of like rebooting the game. Right. Yeah, I'm just I mean... hating on Graydon's personality. Like his personal. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. within the story, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he definitely, um, Raiden, Raiden is definitely not my favorite character. I like I like his powers, but there's there's a lot to him that I'm not a fan of. 
I do like in the original games the the yelling he would do whenever he does his Superman fly. Yeah. Which they kind of do in the movie, and I this viewing was the first time I ever noticed that, which was hilarious. He uh, he goes like whoa yeah yeah, and it's um it's pretty it's, great. It's Raiden's weird scream, and it's Liu Kang's bicycle kick. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but it's still kind of cool, you know. No, just the noises they make. Yeah, um, this movie everybody gets to do their signature thing at least once, and I think that was cool. Um, yeah, and they also use the fatality at least twice. Yeah. I because um, Johnny Cage doing the splits and the nut punch. Um, the one thing that I was kind of expecting, I I don't think Sonya really got to do her. I mean, I guess she did like her leg stuff, neck breakage, but do her. She didn't have any tech, really. It would have been cool if they would have let her do her fireball like fatality thing, but I think they were just this was during a time when fatalities weren't like allowed to be a thing, you know, in film, so yeah. They got away with as much as they could with like Shang Tsung turning into a, a skeleton at the end. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. I watched that and I was like, that makes sense actually. Well, it for him it does like the the thing that they messed up his powers a little bit because he could have done so much more magic-y stuff. He only right. shifts twice. And so maybe they just didn't want to do the like the shape shifting like transition, but like it was really he, early on too. When he should have done uh, when he did the fight with Luke Kang, they should have had him transforming in and out of different fighters as, and doing right. their moves. But instead, they have him just like summon a bunch of warriors out of the ground, and mm-hmm. I was just like, "What? Why? Why don't they just have him like transform into different people?" And then that would have been cool because. They could have had him like switch into Sub Zero and Scorpion like once or twice, and you get like one last glimpse at those characters because they got offed pretty, yeah, ceremoniously. And they're pretty popular in the in the franchise. Like people really like them. Yeah. So it's uh, weird that to me, like I thought they're gonna be really more important in the movie. Like I thought they'd be like the cool <laughs> other three, you know, but they're not. They're just like, hey, we're here to fight you. Just ninjas having their own beef on the side. Yeah, or not Armageddon, uh, Annihilation. Yeah, in Annihilation, they have one scene in the entire movie. And it's just wow. like, they just jump in, and then you're like, oh, they're here. And then they're gone. And you're like, oh, they're gone. <laughs> they have other important things. I didn't care. Annihilation, okay. And I have to preface this, because eventually we are going to hit Annihilation. But... Right, that's why I haven't talked about Mortal Kombat 3, because there's stuff about that that I didn't talk about. Right. And um, with this, Annihilation... Everything about what makes this movie good, Annihilation does it the opposite. So just have that prepared in the back of your mind for when it's time to watch that movie because it's good for a completely different reason. But like, and and by no means can I defend it as well as I can Mortal Kombat the original. Right, and I actually really like Mortal Kombat three. That's the one that I really got into considerably, like the earlier ones. Besides the newest one right now, because Kyle has it. And I play. I play Jade, by the way. No one's asked me, but I well, play the girl with the giant I, I stick. Was, I was both of you guys, but now that you said you play Jade, like I don't really want to ask you. I oh, Jade. Um, <laughs> Can I ask why? Do you play online a lot? Again, we don't need to get too 
Yeah, I do. Um, that makes sense. Why do you hate Jade? I just, yeah, I just I played against a lot of bad Jades, and they've just left a taste in my mouth where it's they're the only well they're one of like three characters that if somebody plays them I auto fatality them every time just because. God. Who is it? Is it? It's Jade. Shiva has to be in there, right? You fatality Shivas. The last one is Liu Kang, and that's yeah. I do. I do. Shiva, Shiva, Jade, and Liu Kang are my three, my three haters. That's just because um, people that a lot of people that use Liu Kang just get carried by what he can do, and so I just make sure that they know that it's not. <laughs> they know their place. Them, it's the character. Yeah, but I mean, I'm carried by my characters, so that's all right. I'm just saying on? that. I play, um, well, my main is sub, but I have a pocket Garrus, and I mostly pick, play Garrus now, just because. Oh, okay. Yeah. Garrus is good. Yeah, I, I like Garrus. He's a really cool character. I think we're yeah, going to know which one of us is better until we actually all play together, and I beat both of you with a giant stick. Uh, well, <laughs> the good news is that Garrus is really strong against Jade, so. Yeah. Okay, well, you know, it's my determination that we'll... Turn the tides, I think. Yep, true. I'd like to see it. Kyle, who do you play? Um, I play a variety, but if I had to say who I'd main is Sonya. And I try to main Sonya and Johnny in every game because I'm just here for them at the end of the day. Okay, so you've been hearing Ashley talk a lot of shit on Lyndon Ashby. How do you feel about him as Johnny Cage? So I like Lyndon Ashby. I thought he brought the... He brought it, you know. Johnny's yeah. got that arrogant, cocky sort of vibe. I think Lyndon is a good job. Um, I liked it. Can you not agree though that he's not I, as buff as he should be? Like he's just not as like. So, um, for the record, first of all, oh, I would like to point out that Sonya Blade is like she is like not like ripped, but she is like you know muscular and fit in the game, but she's not like shredded. Right. So I don't think that... I think the actress looks pretty good for the role. I, the I actress is beautiful, it. but she looks like she mall walks. Like she doesn't have any muscle in her arms. And she was just punching people, and it just looked like it wasn't going to be there. I would argue that it, she looks more true to the character than you're giving her credit for, in my opinion. Everything else. I, I told you, she's beautiful. It's everything else besides the fact that there's no muscle in her arms. But also, Lyndon Ashby, I, I just want to say that he is a handsome man. I want him to get his due out there. If he's listening to this podcast. God, we can only hope. Yeah. He's, he's a lot older now, and I hope he doesn't hear this. I just trashed him like four times. He does. He does. What, what's super cool, too, is he's a DLC skin in the MK11, as well as the, uh, the actress who plays Sonya Blade. And we need to figure out her name because I, I feel so like I'm usually on top of actors' names. Ben has like, it, I think, right? Who are you looking for? Uh, Sonya Blade's actress's name. It's on the tip of my tongue. Would it be uh, Lyndon Ashby? Or... No, that's Johnny Cage. Oh, sorry. Um, Robin Show? That's uh, Luke King. And then it's either then it's got to be uh, Bridget Wilson. Yes, Bridget Bridget Wilson. She's the the teacher in Billy Madison. Oh. 
It's uh, Adam Sandler, if anybody remembers who that is. Ashley, Ashley could share her thoughts on Adam Sandler with you if she cares. Uh, no, we can leave that for another day. I think. All you I need get to the know feeling is that she's not positive thoughts. So she's wrong, and that's all that's important. I think. <laughs> okay. Well, I was gonna say he's not that bad. So. Yeah, he's not quite. Bad. He's great. So. Okay. Um, can somebody else back me up? Tyler, Ben, please. Uh, somebody agree with me real quick that. Both Sonya and Johnny Cage could have been better. I mean, I feel like they were a product of the time of the '90s because, like, it just—I feel like in the '90s that was what, like, a typical, like, regular, but like, especially like Johnny Cage, like a buff person, like a regular dude. Which I feel like, not knowing as much about Mortal Kombat as y'all, I feel like that's what they were going for with him. Cause like he just looks like a dude in a shirt. Like he like he didn't even like take it. Like he just he's wearing like that button up the whole time. He just looks like he could be, you know, like just going out for dinner with his wife after getting off of his nine to five job. And for whatever mm-hmm. reason, that's really funny to me. But I don't know if that's just more like I said, like because of when the movie took place or just they it's because it. of him being. He's supposed to be Jean Claude Van Damme, and Jean Claude Van Damme, although like very muscular, it's not. He's not a big guy. He's an agile fighter. Like that's like the whole thing in in what I'd call Van Damme is going against these massive ripped dudes. And because he's so small, and I'm gonna say tight, but it feels wrong saying it. <laughs> he can move really quickly, strike fast. He's real, you know, moving around. So it's I don't know if anybody's like watches wrestling or anything, but it's like you know, it's like in wrestling, like the biggest dude isn't always the guy that wins because he's all like big dudes are slower. Mm-hmm. Little dudes are quicker, and so it's it's more about him, like in his speed and agility, more than just being like this ripped powerhouse. Where like Liu Kang is, he's kind of a, a combination. Like he's both ripped, but he's and got the power, but he also has speed on top of it. And then it's, it seemed like most of the people in this movie were a bit more like lean than buff. You know what I mean? Like like they yeah. were fit, and you could see, but like especially like if you look at like say the marvel movies like look at like chris hemsworth or evans or whatever like, those dudes are like yeah. giants they they are like huge and i'm like so like if like that movie was made today they would look like those people versus then i think they did, they were just going for like just you know someone who's fit not like just a muscle powerhouse like because i was like not even with johnny cage i think even like like all of the fighters were pretty more lean than anything else well, I mean, like, we'll look at Kano. Like, Kano, he's not, like, chiseled, but he is broad. He's built. You can tell that he's got some thick muscle, but yeah. he's all, like, <laughs> but, you know, it's, he's not, I, that, like, that was a, the same kind of fight that I was just talking about, where he's going against quick and agile Sonya Blade, and he's big, and, like, he's doing powerful body blows. But she yeah. gets him at the end because of her speed and agility and able to adapt. So they that's, have where, that's where <laughs> that's where um, Johnny Cage is. It's, it's supposed to be like he's quick and and fast, and they don't even get into like his powers as much because um, yeah, they don't. Do they really do that annihilation? I don't uh, think it's even. I, I think the first game that's not even really a thing yet. I think they made that up as they went along. He gets he has like the the shadow kick in the first game, I believe. 
I feel yeah. like he still has the force balls though, because But do they have that as like a lore like he's like, Oh, he's a descendant of a war cult? No, or is that, that something they came up with later? Yeah, that definitely is something later, but there okay. he they they something about the green glow because I think there was supposed to be some kind of connection, not like like um a direct connection, but the source of his power was going to be similar to Shao Kahn's or something because Shao Kahn also has green glow whenever he would do his charge attacks and stuff. So knowing what I know about the creation of Mortal Kombat, I feel like it's more of a thing where they're like, "Oh, cool guys get cool move," and then later they were like, "Oh, now we got to like figure out a reason why." Yeah, and I think the fans were all smart and they're like, "Oh, they have the same kind of move. That means they're probably like related or some sort of weird connection." The, the like Ed Boon was like, "Um, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. yep." Well, you know, speaking of, okay, we're talking about like the reboot series and everything. So Johnny Cage goes through the entire storyline of MK9, right, and has his powers yeah. and whatever. And at the beginning of MKX, he uses that power to defeat Shinnok. And then they're just like, I just got a, a magical green glow around me. And it's like, wait, this is the first time you've ever noticed the green glow when you fight? Like, so it's yeah. really funny that it's just like, all this time has passed with his fighting abilities and he's just now using it for the first time. And then it, he passes it on to his daughter and they're just like, what's that green glow about? Yeah. And she's like, I don't know. Something about ancestry. Yeah. So the first three games happen and he has the force ball in nine for sure. Yeah. And yeah. So he's throwing these force ball energy balls all over the place and he's like, it's fine. But then he jumps in front of that uh, energy blast or whatever. And protect Sonya out of like love, and he's like, "Whoa, I have this cool power." I was like, "He'd been fighting with these people for like ten ish years, maybe. I don't know. I know there's yeah, a time skip after that, know. but I was like, there's definitely you went through three games worth of fighting. <laughs> you know, you should have figured this out earlier. I think. Do you think that the movie coming out, and I guess two weeks from now, right? The twenty sixth. Oh, it was the 16th. It was, but it got pushed back a week. I got pushed back a week, yeah. What is the week going to do for them, you think? I don't know why, but God, uh, King Kong vs. Godzilla got pushed back a week from its initial release also. So it just seems like the thing people are doing now. Fun. Well, yeah. I'm wondering if it has something to do with like maybe music or something. Because that's, that's usually the last thing added to a cut is the music. So I think... What I heard from the Zilla and Kong thing was that I think they were going to get released on the same release day as another big movie. I forgot what it was, but mm. I think they were pushed back because they didn't want to get like outperformed. So for Mortal Kombat, it's probably the music. I could see that being a thing. Do you think in the new movie that they're going to? Do you think they're going to mess it up? So I'm very opinionated on this. So I, I was I was going to interject with a question, kind of related to that, kind of towards all of y'all. So. When, like, thinking about a Mortal Kombat movie, would you guys rather have a movie that the story made sense, like, the acting was phenomenal, and they spent all of this time fleshing that stuff out, but the fighting wasn't as good, or would you want to see something where they put all of their time, effort, and money into making the fight scenes look as, like, good as possible, like, best CGI, best choreography, like, which would you be happier with? Well, I'm just going to go ahead and take the easy answer and say little column A, little column B. Like, 
I have, I think a, a more fun movie would be if they focus solely on the, the fighting. Um, but then there would be a lot to be desired and like rewatchability, but like with a good story. And that's, I, I think that's what this movie is. Like this movie has a good combination of both. Mm-hmm. And so that's what kind of gives it that rewatchability where the story is good. It's, it's, it's well put together. The fighting is good. Like, you know, there's something good to see in this at all times, whether it's somebody's acting, somebody's fighting, whatever's happening. It's a good watch. So I think I would, I would, I would have to go down the middle because a little too much in either direction and you really miss out on, on one or the other. Cause if you, if it's only fighting story's going to suck, if the story sucks, it's just like, what's the point? Like what, then it's just a montage of fighting with no real progression. And if it's just story, then it's like, well, why is it Mortal Kombat and not Mortal Conversation? Like, so. <laughs> still yeah. with the K, though, right? <laughs> yeah, still K. Yeah, got to keep the K. I just, because what we're doing here, right, as we're talking about, is the movie adaptation of video games awful or not? That's basically what we do. Right. That's our job. So I, what I really want is I want this to be an easy episode. I want them to really stick to, even that's chaotic, we know that. I just want them to really stick to the plot they've created so far and not completely change. I don't want them to make the movie canon, and, but change everything so the new game can like start somewhere else. Kyle, you said so you were terminated. Yeah, so the movie, um, I would like a more faithful adaptation of the lore that they've built just because I'm a big fan of like the work that they've done. Earlier you said that you don't think they put a lot of effort into the presentation of the lore, and I think that's accurate. But I do also think that it's accurate that they put work into the creation of it. And I think that while you could argue, and I'll agree with you, I think that you have solid points for the movie being a good movie. I think that they could have done a lot of things differently to make it more true to the source material. And I understand that the new movie coming out is not that. Right. They're going a new route. They're adding this new character. They have different story plots, you know, points or whatever. They have new arcs they're going to probably introduce. And I'll watch it. I'm here for it. I'll explore the universe more. But I would like to see, first of all, I'd like to see Johnny Cage in this movie. And I don't think that's going to happen right now. That's bumming me out. Second of all, I, I just like to see it more as like a continuation of the plot that we already know and just build from there. I, you know. for me specifically with so this story itself has been retold many times. Sure. And this, the 1995 film, I think is the first time that it, like, although it is told in the game, this is the first time that it is set into a chronological sequenced order. So I would argue that this film itself is the actual original storyline for the game series. Because this is, they took the elements from the game, put them into motion, and that's how we got this movie. Um, then, so, 
there's the original game telling the story. There's this movie. They reboot this story again with MK9, and they tell that again, so it's the third time. Then they have the cartoon movie that just came out last year, Scorpion's Revenge, which retells the tournament again. And then there's this new movie. Every time they retell this story, it's somehow different. And so I feel like there is not a... Except for this this movie, if we're if we're saying that there is a blueprint of the story, it is this 1995 movie. Everything else is kind of like Play-Doh of changing it to fit how they need it to be. Like MK9, they added in a bunch of extra characters, you know, that weren't originally in the story. You know, like Jade is there and everything. There's you know, a lot of stuff is happening at that time. And this movie feels like it's going to be kind of the same thing where they're they're trying to they're still trying to get that feeling of where characters belong in the story and they're not afraid to like borrow from other things cuz I don't know if you watched Scorpion's Revenge but like Baraka is in that and he's not in MK1. He's you know, he's not a part of the tournament. So it's like I think every time that the story is retold it's it it's almost like a, a a myth now, like a legend where every iteration it changes a little bit depending on the storyteller, and so there's not like an actual, you know, Bible to what Mortal Kombat tournament is. And you know what I would like? I think to I rephrase like. what I said or to change what I said. Um, is if they were able, and I don't, I feel like this is not true. I feel like this is, I don't know. Um, I would like Ed Boon to be contacted because since he is like the mastermind behind the universe, and if he could be brought in to the writing of this movie, he could set the ground, the ground, like the baseline for this new starting off point. I feel like that's one of those monkey paws where maybe. By doing that, you don't get what you want. It's sure. it's the George Lucas of it, right? Like, you get that back in there, and then he comes up with ideas, and you're like, what the hell is that supposed to be? I think that it's... Maybe, maybe it's just my old age and not caring as much anymore, but for me, I like seeing the different ideas that people are coming up with with this new stuff and, like, tailoring it to what they think is cool and what they feel like the story was missing and maybe they bring in a new part that like you know like maybe this Cole Young character that's brand new right now he sounds kind of like a bad idea but maybe we get in there and like the whatever makes him the special character in this movie is so cool that we're like okay yeah I'm down like because when you think about how new characters have been introduced in the games as well, like some of the most popular characters were in the original three titles, you know, or even the original, you know, like, you know, there's so many new characters. And so it's like, I don't know. Why does it have to just be within the game? Why can't there be one made within the movie and then see what happens from there? Because it's not the same thing anymore. It's not the same concept. It's not the same premise the the characters themselves like who were an homage to 80s action like it becomes more and more dated as it goes on you know like 
how many people know that Raiden is supposed to be from Big Trouble in Little China without reading that in IMDb? Like, right. So it's like whenever we add these new characters, we're also adding to the, you know, like to to modern times, the stuff that that introduced us. You know, like so it'd be like wh- whatever the next person that tells the story, maybe there was something from the the two thousands that really drove them to becoming a creator and so they want to homage that you know so maybe mortal kombat 2 is going to have like a shrek character or something i don't know but (laughs) you know what i mean so i think like it's it's kind of it's it's passing the torch but also like an oral history of like continuing just you know saying like this is a cool thing i want this in my storyline and going with it so maybe Maybe Cole Young, you know, if if you've watched all those trailer breakdown videos on YouTube, maybe he's got some really cool stuff in store for him that's like, maybe we'll be begging for him to be an MK11. Yeah. Okay, so I like the, that makes sense, the way you presented it. I do like the idea of passing the torch with the legacy and adding your own uh, rendition to it as you pass it along. I guess I'm not opposed to adding new characters. I, I agree with you too. You made a good point where some of the newer characters introduced weren't in the original three games. Of, you know, like uh, 10 at Mortal Kombat X added like Kotal Khan and Devor and Aaron Black and all of them. I think those are cool characters. So, yeah. Um, I'm going to keep an open mind for Cole Young. Um, I don't have high hopes, but I'll have an open mind for sure. I think that's important for any anything nowadays because I think our, the biggest thing for us nerds is we get too hyped on shit. And when we get too yep. hyped, then we get let down by the stupidest shit. And it's like, so for me, I'm just excited that there's a Mortal Kombat movie. Those trailers are kick-ass. I am excited to watch it. You know, it doesn't even bother me that Cabal is in it. Like, I mean, it doesn't because he's really cool, but it doesn't bother me that he's like out of place or whatever. Molina's in it. Like, there's some characters yeah. that haven't had good screen time. Let me tell you, you know, just spoiler alert for Annihilation. Molina's in it. Not great. Cabal's name know. is spoken, and that is it. That is, is that's his Annihilation, like, his debut in a, in a movie is they're just like, Cabal and Stryker have been taken captive. Okay. Sick. Like, uh, so, I think there's there's going to be some new explorations. I, I think that Ed Boon, although not completely involved, like, he knows what's going on in it. Like, they, whenever yeah. they were, like, it, it's kind of like um, when um, Joseph Gordon-Green and, uh, what's his name? Uh, McBride, Danny McBride made Halloween the new 2018 movie. They got, they went to John Carpenter and like pitched him their ideas to get permission to use those characters again. So it's Uh like Ed Boon knows what's going on in that movie. He knows the storyline. And I think Ed Boon, like you said before, he's one of those dudes that's like, yeah, that sounds rad. Do it. Like, I, I don't think he cares how his characters are used if it's cool, like he's like, yeah, put that in there because Mortal Kombat is basically a 10 year old kid playing with action figures. 
you know, when you have Spider-Man fighting Terminator and or, you know, whatever random toys you have when you're a kid, that's what Mortal Kombat is. So having cool characters, having crazy outlandish adventures, that's all that matters. And as long as it's fun and entertaining, that's all the movie needs to be. That's fair. And I, I do think that that is where Ed Boon is coming from also. I think that this is like his sort of brainchild in, like, in the grand scheme of it, but I think that he's just happy that people are making it their own, they're taking it on, they're accepting it, they're loving it, they're developing it. And so I, I, you know, I trust that he would put his faith in the right hands also. You can definitely tell how much they care about like certain aspects of the story that has been built on over time because like, you know, we were talking about Sub-Zero and Scorpion's origins before and it's like look at what has become canonized as their origins which is Sub-Zero and the Lin Kuei decimating the Shirai Ryu and killing Scorpion's family like we get to see that so many times now and that just keeps but that wasn't what it was before and now that's like it's been done so many times that that's what the canon is that's what's in you know so on that story, on that I do want to ask because it was my understanding that they were framed for it, right? That Quan Chi was like, "Get the amulet, and I'll kill the Shi Ryu. and then so that happens, and they do it, and then he, Quan Chi tells Scorpion, "He's like, hey, those Lin Kuei, they just killed your family. Sub Sub Zero, yeah, he just murdered your wife and child. Yeah. So was it eventually rebooted and made to where they actually the Lin Kuei did? Murder the Shirai Ryu, or has it always been Quan Chi it's, killing it's and then lying? Quan Chi. So, but the way that it's been presented has changed over time. Like, gotcha. like you can from the trailer of like the new film, you can see it's it's almost exactly what happens in like the Scorpion's Revenge film that came out last year. Like, it's um, have you have either of you watched the Legacy Mortal Kombat Legacy? Um, fan projects. No, you told me about that once. I don't think I have. Um, if you if you buy the DVDs or Blu-rays now, you can usually find them in, um, like a three or four pack like feature thing now that has like the whole collection. We'll have like Mortal Kombat, Annihilation, Legacy One, and Legacy Two, and they're shorts that are um, like just different. Just different little slices, like might, some of them might be like five minutes, some of them might be like thirty minutes, of like just different characters and stuff. And there's um, uh, the first one has like, uh, like the the sacking of Adenia. Um, there's one, there's uh, there's like some parts where it's like uh, uh Katana and Molina growing up together and like sparring. And so it's just kind of like sort of like um, small slices that weren't ever really touched on throughout the game. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Legacy, uh one of the, the coolest parts about Legacy to me, um, was there's like a whole little thing where it's uh like Cyrax and Sector's like pr- like training, like the first time that they like build their robot bodies and they're like have them in a warehouse like fighting each other. Hmm. I don't know. I just thought it was really cool. Um yeah. I, never, I haven't seen the second one yet, but it has um, Shang Tsung 
re- return. It, it was like the second time, or I guess the first time he returned to Shang Tsung. Um, and it was for the, like, and they're they're like low budget, but there's like a Sonya one that you might like. It gives her a little bit more backstory. It talks about Kano, like how Kano gets his robot eye. There's some pretty cool stuff in Legacy. Are they live action or are they like uh, animated? They're they're live action, um, a lot lower budget, but it's it's got some. You'll see some actors that you that you're familiar with. They it came out after. Um, I don't know if you remember, like around the time of MK Nine when they were trying to do the live action reboot movie, like the first time. And there was like a whole thing where they were doing like some shorts where it was like. Um, Sub Zero was like arrested, or some like somebody was like arrested, and was like and in, being interrogated by Sonya Blade, and they had like a file on Sub Zero, and it was like a weird picture of him, and then there was like <laughs> Baraka wasn't wasn't a Tarkatan. It was like a, a he was a surgeon who had who became obsessed with surgery and like plastic surgeon himself to have like a crazy face with a bunch of like piercings and stuff all over him and then he would have like he like fashioned like big um scalpels to come out of his arms and stuff it was weird terrifying yeah there was was a weird time back when a bunch of fan films were being put together but yeah legacy and legacy 2 and i think there was we never even mentioned it but like after this movie there was a whole um, like short cartoon series, Mortal Kombat cartoon series, um, animated, like TV show where like Liu Kang does the fight against Sub Zero again and wins again the exact same way, and it's just like really weird where he like he's like, oh yeah, I can use water against Sub Zero and throws a bucket at Sub Zero. Okay, <laughs> it, weird stuff, but. Well, uh, just want to uh, thank you again, Kyle, for joining us on today's episode of La Mortal Kombat. That's how Chris. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. Um, for our fans out there, or I guess our listeners, we don't really have fans, but for our listeners, if you have any questions or you want to stay caught up on episodes, just check up on our social medias. Yeah. So. Our Twitter handle is at FMVPod, and our Instagram is going to be at the FMV Podcast. For making the music for our show, and a special thanks for our guests for joining us today. Um, Kyle, is there anything that you have in the works that you want to plug today? No. Awesome. No, I, I love that for you. Live in life every day. So if people really liked you and they want to find you, they can't. Um, they can. They can contact you on your social media. Uh, <laughs> you can let me know. I'm his manager. Anyways, I'll tell you <laughs> what. You. If this episode blows up, if people want more Kyle, I can't see happening. Then I will make a Twitter, and I will I will jump on for the people. I'm gonna, do you want to do you want to come back for Annihilation when we do Annihilation? I would love to. Excellent. Wow, look at friendships being made. I'm excited. Wow. I I'm glad that somebody else knew something about Mortal Kombat. Here, I yeah. thought I was gonna have to do all the heavy lifting. What are you saying about me right now? I'm saying you did some lifting, but it wasn't the heavy lifting. You did some Sonya Blade lifting. Thanks again to our audio engineer Tyler Lurch for making the music for our show. Yeah, of course, that's no problem. Thank you to Ben for having all of our uh, things together. Well, 
you know, I guess. I do my best. These people, am I the only one here right now? Jordan. <laughs> what? I'm here. Jordan, thank you for being here. Uh, oh, you know what? I'm sorry, I just I had just to had level to, time, you know? like level just nothingness. Yeah, no, I was like, oh, it's not a big deal. I just, anyways, um, make sure you catch us on the next episode of the FMV sequence, where we'll be fighting through hordes of zombies while recovering from amnesia with 2002's Resident Evil. We want you to be there. Or be square. Bye. Or be... Bye. Bye. Bye.